0: podcast.com it's time for podcast hello and welcome to in the pocket the bass guitar podcast podcast where we get the low down on the low end my name's Johnny, a totally average bass player, and today, it's just me. It's just your boy. I'm here to tell you all about bass stuff. Wow, that was a really good intro. You know, what? I'm I'm scrambling on my phone right now, um, to find my notes to <laughs> press record before finding anything. Uh, it's been that kind of week, you know. Ha ha ha. And, uh, and, yeah, so I, that intro was nearly great, uh, but quickly, very quickly went downhill. Uh, and that's where we're going to go from here. Because, my goodness, is it hot. Uh, in the UK right now, it's about 33 degrees. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it hot. It's so hot. It is sweatier than um, something very moist. Moist. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm not going gonna... to be talking for too long on this podcast just because it is so hot (laughs) and this room is so hot so it might be a bit of a short one this time but you know me probably not anyway let's jump into our first question first question comes from louis vuilcourt I'm just going to go with that. Uh, On Instagram, thank you so much for the question. Um, If you want to submit your questions, by the way, just head over to my uh, Instagram story where you'll be able to see me put up the poll on there and you can submit your questions just like Louis has done here. First question is, what's the best speaker size for cabs? 8 inch, 10 inch, 12 inch, 15 inch, even 18? Are you mad? are you mad 18 please can you get 18 I mean of course you can get 18 speak inch speakers but for bass obviously the main ones that we're playing with normally are 10 and 15 you know when you get speaker cabinet most most of the time you're getting either a 210 or a 410 810 classic ampeg 8 by 10 or 1 by 15 so it's one massive speaker um so if i am to be if i if my belief is to be correct uh then 10 inch speakers give you a bit more of a brighter sound and you know bigger massive that was my chair by the way if you can hear that <laughs> um f- and then the bigger speakers give you that big rumble um and so 15 inch speakers paired up with 10 inch speakers is uh, a dream come true. You know, it's uh the best of both worlds and it just sounds wonderful. Um that is for a long time was my kind of dream setup. I remember the first like proper amp I played through it was my mate Jake. Uh and it was an Ashdown ABM rig and it was the I think it was the two oh, I can't remember if he had a two by ten or four by ten. Um might be a two by ten uh through a one by fifteen with the matching uh, Evo three head and oh man i was in love with that when i played it live and even so much so that i went out and bought my own and then the 410 cabs so i didn't have to have two because that's the other thing having two cabs is a pain in the bum and i cannot be dealing with that anymore i've had that before and who wants that like who wants to lug around even more stuff for arguably not that much benefit i mean ultimately it it, i think it sounds really good but i don't know i'm not gonna go out and (laughs) and and do that ever again i don't think those days are done um so i've not actually had any experience with eight inch um (laughs) six inch um or 18 inch speakers 18 i can't imagine being that nice um and and the same with eights so you kind of getting the extremes of both ends there uh, maybe combined they sound good together but i i don't know I've, I've not really had it's not a common thing anyway um so for me it it overall it's got to go to 10 inch speakers just because they're the most common and they're just a safe bet i think i wouldn't want to have just a 1x15 i would choose to have a 210 or a 410 over a 1x15 um however my actual answer is going to go to 12 that kind of sweet spot in between 10 and 15 i've just got if you follow me on instagram you already know this i've just got a laney digbeth rig uh they came out last year and i've really wanted one but not really been gigging too much so haven't really had an excuse to, to sell my fender rig uh, and get one of those, um, because it just couldn't justify it. But um, I've now joined a new band that's going to be gigging more, and I'm like, well, I might as well. Uh, so I picked up the Digbeth 500 head, and then later on the matching 2x12 cab. I'd heard great things about it. It's a two. The two speakers are stacked on top of each other, so it's a, a roughly the same height as a 4x10 Um, because that's the only thing about 2x10s I don't like is that they're so close to the ground and I kind of want the sound to be blasting up at me, not just at my feet. Um, Arguably, that's what a a monitor is on stage, but I don't know. I I quite like it being at a level where I can feel it, the air being pushed at my body as well as my feet. Anyway, um, so, and I love this cab. It sounds phenomenal uh i really like it and it does kind of get the best of both it's super punchy of course a lot of this is down to the head as well but yeah go and try some 12 inch speakers i think you'd be pleasantly surprised uh so at the minute for my best speaker size it's going to be 12 closely followed by a 10 inch i think let's move on to the next question It is time for the news. I love news. I love seeing new stuff that's going on in the base world in our globe. Um, and it's sad to see that it's a bit, it's a bit of a quiet week, you know, uh, this week for news. Um, but there are some, some pretty cool things. So talking about uh, cabs and, and what speaker cabinets are best. Uh, you know, if you're on the, if you're on the hunt for new cabs, this might have come in just the right time because Trace Elliott have introduced their pro series four by 10 and two by 12 cabinets. So they're saying it's offering thunderous lows and crisp, intelligent highs. I like that, intelligent highs, good uh, good descriptor. I can just kind of hear that now. Um, it's funny actually with Trace Elliot because somebody asked me the other day like, oh, would you review some Trace Elliott stuff? What's your opinion on them? And I haven't, like, really encountered Trace Elliot for years. I know they're made in the UK, um, but, yeah, I haven't, haven't seen anything from them for a long time. Uh, uh, that's a lie. I've seen some, like, s- uh, they're small heads, but I only ever used them when I was, like, 14 or 15, when I, would like, borrowed an amp for, for a gig, or, like, used someone's backline. It's this massive Trace Elliott stack, and I was like, whoa, it's so cool. Um, it's so black and green. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, hadn't really uh, gotten stuck in with that brand. So both of these Pro Series cabs from Trace Elliot can handle over, over, not over, can handle uh, 1,000 watts uh, at 8 ohms. That is, that's a lot of wattage. Um, I've never played anything over 800 watts. I think it's interesting, isn't it? How much wattage you know they think you're going to need um that because that is hell that's that's a lot of power capability um and these cabs are oh boy they ain't cheap they're coming in at around 1600 dollars so pretty high-end bits of gear um but they have got casters uh which is a godsend and it looks like the casters are actually on the back So like i'm looking at the 212 right now the casters are on on, on the back of it not underneath so you tip it on its uh upside down uh, not upside down you put it on its back to wheel it around so i think that's a pretty good feature uh the only thing i don't like about my new 212 is that it doesn't have any wheels at all um which i've kind of gotten lazy with with my old rig because it had casters wheel it around everywhere easy peasy this one not so much but you know it's for the tone um so both of these cabs are expected in november 15th 2022 Uh, So, yeah, Ucaps and Trace Elliott. Uh, I'd love to dive it back into Trace Elliott and see what's happening with them because I've not tried one of their amps in years. Moving on to, uh, from one amp manufacturer to another, and that is Orange. Now, Orange amps, I absolutely love. Uh, I think they sound great, Um, particularly good for, like, pick-driven huge sounded tones um lots of distortion they soak it up really well uh one of my favorite heads used to be the ad200 oh that tube amp sounds phenomenal anyway now orange have stepped into the world of making instruments they did it a couple of years well, i say a couple of years ago i think it was like 2015 that there they launched the o bass obviously like the orange bass and these were i mean they claim that like oh yes they went down a storm and they were like the best and they're you know amazing, such great character. Um <laughs> did they? I thought they were a bit of a flop and people were like these are disgusting. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you might remember them. It was an they released an orange version and a black version, Lespool style bodies uh with just a single p base pickup and a weird shaped pit guard and yeah i think they look awful (laughs) i always thought they looked really bad um the pit guards are really weird shape it's like they're close to looking good it's so close but they don't quite hit the mark um and it's weird because the Gretsch electromatic junior jet looks amazing with like a les paul Bass body, I think like guitars and SGs. Uh, guitars, Les Pauls and SGs look amazing as guitars, but not as bases. And I think the only way the Gretsch looks good is because it's a short scale, so it's actually closer to you know, I guess looking more like a guitar. So I think that's why. Um, so yeah, Les Paul style full scale bases, which is what these O bases are, don't quite do it for me. Now they claim that you know they've got enhanced features and ah oh, it's sad it's back baby but even better but from looking at them it looks like they've just they say they've improved the balance uh, by changing the the wood uh to be a heavier wood so the body's heavier so there's not so much neck dive um it's got a binding now around it and uh and just like small little tweaks and uh, I don't know, they they don't look that exciting to me. What I think is cool uh, is that they have launched them in two colors again, just the orange and the black. But when you buy one, apparently, you get different pit guards with it. I think more companies should do this. You know, I'm a sucker, absolute sucker for changing out a pit guard. Um, and it can transform a base and breathe some new life into it. So I think it's cool that it comes with different ones. Uh, and on the black one, I kind of always said, if they did it with a black pit guard, to hide the horrible pit guard shape, then that would be pretty cool. Um, but they've released it with a tortoiseshell one. So, black and tortoiseshell, I can get on board with. I like that look, and it, it's getting there. Like It makes it look better, but it's still not great. And I've seen Patrick Hunter's video on it, um, uh, AMP the bass player, Andrew's video on it was hilarious, because um, he got one, and they were quite uh, different videos different reviews because one was like this is a total sleeper this is amazing and then the other one was like no this this is really bad Um, and I honestly don't from videos I don't love the sound of them I think it's a bit it doesn't have that full warmth to a P bass I don't feel like it It feels a bit scratchy and grainy to me Um, you think it would be a bit warmer because the pickup is slightly closer to the neck than a traditional P bass um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they also scream that they they are like, oh, so diverse and like versatile. And it's like, uh, and Andrew in his video d- demonstrated this perfectly by just saying that like, yeah, it can be uh, versatile. As versatile as a P bass is because it suits so many genres and does them all really well. But you can't claim that your bass is, uh, like versatile really when it's only got one sound (laughs) or or, or one tone knob you know to go on and off Uh, I just don't think that you can really say that Uh, so yeah I thought that the copy that they wrote for the marketing of this bass was was pretty funny like every line in it I was like really 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 (laughs) so yeah a bit weird one from orange there but hey you know maybe they'll be really successful and maybe they're really nice who knows looking at i i'm trying to find a price on these i think they're around six seven hundred dollars um and i looking at online i just found a video of the sunburst one if that didn't have a pit guard, it would look incredible so yeah not not too sure what the thought process here is but i'd love to be proved wrong about these because i, I could see myself starting to like them but it's the the want is just not there right now <laughs> at all so maybe next time rnj try again let's let's see some more i'm all for amp companies making guitars because they're all you know they know the fundamentals of the electronics and how to get a good sound you know uh, so why not power to them but yeah maybe not this one let's move on to the next question next question comes from Bert Allen Peter on Instagram thank you so much for your question Uh, and this says how to start a home studio Uh, you might have seen uh, on my YouTube channel I released a video a couple of months ago of my updated like studio space Uh, and it has changed a bit since then again with some more stuff actually on the walls making it feel a bit more homely etc and Yeah, it's a question that I get quite a lot is about like, oh, what's the setup like? How are you recording things Um, for videos and just for music in general? Um, So for me, I'm, you know, I'm a cheapskate. I don't think that you need to have that much of an expensive setup to do great things and to sound good or have decent or a level that you're happy with. If you go into it thinking I've got to spend like thousands of pounds on an interface and get the most insane speakers, no, you don't, you don't need to. You've got to get what works for you. And if your budget asks for a certain amount, then you're going to be happier a certain amount. I, th- I don't think that money is the answer. Um, anyway, so uh, my interface that I use is actually one of the cheapest or, or, or most famous, I suppose. The um, almost not most famous, most popular is the word I'm looking for uh, interfaces on the market. And that is the Scarlet, uh, sorry, the Focusrite Scarlet Two I Two, just two inputs, um, simple controls, f- can phantom power, microphones. It is perfect for what I do. Um, I don't need loads of inputs. I've, in fact, I've, I don't think I've ever needed more than two because of the nature of how I record things. I'm not recording loads of things at once. I might record a microphone and uh, an input. From a guitar at once like two at the same time but never am i recording like a big band or loads of microphones on a drum kit or something so i don't need that extension of all of those inputs so that's something you've got to think about you know what is the interface going to look like is it going to function for your needs um i really like the focus right i've had zero issues and zero want to upgrade it if i'm honest um, I had a couple of comments that were like pfft, pfft, using a Scarlett Two I Two. Oh my god, amateur! It's like, well, it, it does, it's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, and uh, I think it does a great job. I can control the output to my speakers really easy. The output to headphones really easy. It is perfect for what I do. So think about how many inputs you need, and uh, and what what kind of setup you want really, or what you want to be able to record. Um, So, I've kind of started in the middle of the chain, or where it is, uh, because the Focusrite is, of course, powering some speakers. Well, not powering, it is just sending the music to some active speakers that are powered from the wall. Um, These speakers are Rocket 5, the KRKs, the ones with the yellow speakers that you see, really, really common. And again no problems at all they go loud enough for what i want they're pretty good for bass most of the time i'm working with headphones you know i've got neighbors i cannot be blasting my bass all night long even though i'd really love to do that um and so in terms of volume i don't need masses and that's one other thing you've got to think about are you going to need huge volume are you going to need to have to blast it or can you just get away with a smaller setup for me these are absolutely fine i've never really been tempted to upgrade them uh, and all of that came in a package together so it was a bit discounted so that was really good um other thing is then the computer the operating system that you're using and the tools that you're recording into these are kind of the main menu items that you need for recording setup um so for me i'm an apple guy for computers um phones a little bit i i've got samsung at the minute but i think i'm going to go back to apple after like five years away from apple phones um anyway different different topic um With Apple, I just think they're the most easy to use for creatives and come with the best programs like uh, Logic is my best friend. I absolutely love Logic. It's my program of choice. I think it's so nice to look at, much more so than things like Pro Tools Um, and nothing wrong with Pro Tools, but I've never really gotten into it. Um, I just have always stuck with Logic and everything you know all the tools that i need if any plugins then it all works for logic uh, and that's great so i really like that um the other thing as well is uh what you might want to get uh is a little keyboard a little midi keyboard it i've got this really cheap one that's only like two octaves worth it's perfect ideal for what i do i i mostly if molest track drums using it uh midi drums uh and using a plug um, but I will literally tap the drums in uh, based on what they're tracked to on the keys and then go and quantize it after and make sure it's in the right time uh, so yeah a little insight there so I'm tapping away madly on my keyboard um, from there uh, this is a difficult question really um, from there i go to uh plugins okay so i actually don't use many plugins my main one i'm using is for drums i use uh the Nolly get goods uh get good drums uh the i think it's the, it the modern and massive ones i've got i can't remember i bought them once and i've never looked back uh it, awesome awesome plugins um it, plugins really depends as well there are a plethora or plugins you can get out there, you know, the Sansamp one, the Ampeg one, um, and then of course, Neural DSP, looking for guitar stuff and for bass as well with the Dark Glass Suite, awesome sounding plugins. So I would recommend checking that out as well. Um, it's really got to think about, okay, what kind of genre am I recording? What do I want to sound like? And how am I gonna How am I going to sound like that? What tools do I need to achieve that? Um, For me, I don't really have many plugins, um, but I do use the Line 6 HX Stomp. So effectively, all of my plugins for sounds and software of instruments uh, comes first in my chain. I plug my bass or guitar into the HX Stomp, then that sends to the interface, then the interface goes into the speakers. Now, of course, I I could if I wanted to the HX stomp has a left and right out. I could just use the HX stomp as the interface, but that removes the possibility of removing it, uh, and the inputs becomes a bit awkward because it doesn't have a DI in, and that's what I use uh, for. Oh, sorry, an XLR in, uh, and that's what I use for the microphone, etc. So it's easier for me to do it this way, um, and. Uh, and I really like it. I really like this setup. I've got the minute. it's easy to use. It's functional and it works for me. And I think that is the most important thing to take away because, you know, how to start a home studio is it's an open ended question, really, because there's no written way. I would just say build up slowly and get the essentials first. So you're going to need the computer, the operating system and the program that you want um, from there Maybe get the interface because then you can go guitar straight in there. You could go headphones into the uh, into the interface and then you're good to go. You could just record everything and, and some plugins, you know, those just a couple of items and you have a home studio. You can do what you want. You don't need to spend masses amount of money. Um, the other thing that's important in a studio I think is having a room that sounds good if you're going to be blasting the music you want it to be treated well. Now I'll hold my hands up I have not got a clue how to treat a room. Um, I'm quite fortunate that every room I've gone into has been pretty good well soundproofed or or you know the acoustics in there are fine um i've now built up loads of stuff in the room so there's no echoes or anything like that uh it's pretty damp sounding i think so yeah i'm absolutely i'm fine with that so think about that as well because that can actually really affect how you're hearing the sounds um uh, of, your, of your studio space especially with speakers as well you know get some stands for your speakers eventually as well raise them up to ear level because uh, that's where you want them to be um, and, uh, and I do that by putting them on a load of pop figures you know I haven't got any stands uh, but I did have a load of pop figures left over and it just so happened it looked pretty cool uh, it can take the weight and, uh, and it meant that they had somewhere to go <laughs> so I put them to good use so yeah I, I really like that little feature. Um, And so, yeah, I have no clue if that answered the question, but I hope it helped by giving some insight into my setup and thought process and help you prioritize the little bits and pieces that you might need uh, to build your your own home studio. I always think studio is is a a loose term for, for my room, but there we go. Thank you so much for your question. Let's move on to the next segment. Okay, this next segment is my favorite segment, and it is that tone you own. So each week I or my guests bring along a tone that they consider to be their own. Uh, This week I've already done my own tone. uh, So uh, when it's an episode with just me, um, I like to bring along a tone that I'm enjoying at the minute or just one that I'm messing around with, uh, because that's all I do with my time, apparently. Um, so this week, uh, exclusive look into a new video that will be coming out in the future, uh, and it's on a preamp. My first ever preamp video. OMG, can you believe I'm basically low-end lobster now? Um, so this comes from UK uh, preamp and pedal uh, provider. Is that the right word? I just wanted the alliteration with pedal. I think um, lucid hand. Um, Manufactured down in London, uh, really awesome for them to uh, send me some of their gear. I've got the uh, compressor that they just released, and also this, uh, the NFP preamp. Uh, now, this preamp is a bit different to your normal preamp. Uh, this one is a filter-based preamp instead of like an EQ. So instead of having a bass or a middle or a treble control, you can just filter. On different parts of the base so I've got this one hooked up to the two pickups so it will filter uh, each pickup and I'll show you what I mean by that now uh, what I've done is I have modded the squire contemporary series uh, pH so the five string that I've got and uh, so taken out the normal guts and put in this lucid hand preamp and I'm pretty stoked about this to be honest uh, I think it's pretty cool so At the minute, you know, this is just what it's like. Everything on full filters up uh, and just in the middle position. So, yeah, sounds pretty cool, um, and what this uh, blah, 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 what this preamp allows you to do is filter out each of the pickups. So I'm going to head over to just the P bass pickup a minute, and on one of the knobs here now I have got a control for the P bass pickup. So let's see what happens as I roll off the tone of that. So it's just like rolling off the tone on your bass, um, but doing it per pickup. Um, And I think that's great. It's a bit like having a stacked jazz bass uh, setup where you can roll off the tone uh, on each pickup independently and get some even more variation. Um, And so this is the interesting thing. I've rolled that off on the PBS pickup. I mean, let's put it halfway. Mm I love that. It's almost like a mode. Let's play with fingers a minute. I think it really allows that pickup to sing way more than it was with that preamp that was in there before. It sounded a bit cheap, I think, or like I was just going for the gnarliest sound possible, but like rolling it off. It makes it feel more balanced more like a P bass uh, anyway um, let's roll it all the way off um, and now let's blend in using the pickup selector uh, let's blend in the control from uh, going into the bridge pickup so it just sounds more full. Let's take away, you know, let's take away that uh, P base pickup now, and just have it on the bridge. It's just got this extra warmth underneath it and big while still having that presence. Uh, I just think it's really cool. So let's swap them around now. Let's go, uh, okay, All onto the bridge pickup. Let's wind that off fifty percent. That is so much fun to play with uh so p bass pickup is let's blend the two together see what we get you just get a slightly less fully raspy sound that i say fully it just it's less rasp and more full Uh, I think it just adds this layer of sub underneath, which is just super well suited to this bass, especially as a five string. Um, I think it sounds really cool. And I'm so glad that I did it on this preamp, uh, on this bass, sorry, because I think it kind of needed that. Uh, So yeah, super happy. For funsies, let's have all all of them off and both pickups. 50%. It's got way less of an aggressive sound to what it used to have, and I think it really suits it. Um, It makes it sound less cheap, more mellow, but at the same time, uh, just more clarity in those notes as well. I really enjoy playing this bass a lot more now, so... Thank you so much to Lucid Hand for sending me this preamp. Uh, there will be a video on it soon, but I was kind of excited about it, so I wanted to show you now. Let's move on to our next question. <music> this next question forms the big... Bass Debate. It's where I like to take a question and talk about it a little more uh, for it to be the title of this episode. And this question for the Big Bass Debate comes from Chad on Instagram, who asks, how did you find your sound? Now, I think this is something that's incredibly important when playing any instrument, to be honest. Um, I don't know how, I, I say any instrument, I don't know how really that applies to other instruments that aren't guitars and drums but I guess it does Um, and we'll dive into that a bit more later on I suppose Um, there's two ways of approaching your sound I think you need to look at it from a gear perspective and tone uh, and then also your playing style Um, I think my playing style naturally came from having cheap gear and wanting to achieve a certain sound and this aggressive tone that was punchy and and clangy um but not having necessarily the the expensive gear to achieve that and so i kind of developed this percussive um kind of aggressive playing style that contributed to my sound Um, So I think the two kind of mesh together when it comes to my sound. Obviously there are things that I do to my tone now to get it how I want it to sound, but I think starting out that's how I kind of gained those fundamentals. That's why I think also it's having expensive gear isn't the be-all and end-all. Like you can get a lot of sound from your fingers And you don't need to spend ridiculous amounts of money to get that. It's something that I've said on this podcast and on this channel loads before, but I'll I'll take that to my grave. I just think it's so true because you're, you know, you give somebody, a beginner, a thousand pound guitar, okay? Uh, And they're going to find it easier to play on uh, and then kind of... Have that leg up almost. Whereas if you've had to kind of battle through some more challenging instruments, um, then you're probably going to develop a better skill. So then when you go on to a a better instrument eventually, where it's easier to play, you're going to be even better. I think that it can be quite formative those years when you're playing more affordable instruments, kind of working out as you go. Um, And, you know, take that with a pinch of salt because sometimes, you know, it can go the other way and the instrument can uh be so detrimental to your playing that uh it doesn't enhance it and actually uh makes it a lot more difficult you kind of need to meet that balance and and that can be hard especially when just watching videos online you kind of got to try for yourself in that in that regard um anyway so yeah my friend perfectly uh did an example of this where he used to play like learn solos and learn stuff on his acoustic before then, learning it on his electric, and he said that the you know the higher action and and the fretting style on his acoustic uh, meant that he strengthened his fingers so much, and he, he mastered it on there, and it meant that when he went onto his electric, he was even better at it. And I thought like, huh, that's that's an interesting way to like overcome a hurdle uh, to kind of make it more difficult for yourself, so that when you go to do it. I don't know. I feel like there's a lesson in there somewhere and I kind of took away from that and applied it to to my playing as well. Um so yeah, so I think there's a lot of tone in your hands and that you need to kind of figure that bit out along the way. Um and honestly, I think I did that not only through gear but also because I didn't really learn any songs. Um I think that has hindered me a bit in my bass playing journey. Um but I'm not much of a song guy like if someone was like oh play this like classic bass song I'd be like well I don't know like I'm quite I'm not very traditional musician in that regard Um, I'm more of a writing musician I like writing my own stuff I like uh, sitting down in my little studio and and recording sounds you know things like that not like going and playing this whole song Um, which seems a bit strange but I don't know it's just how I was kind of brought up into it um, and being in a band in a room and writing that's just always been my kind of style um, when working with other musicians as well so I think a lot of it comes from that as well um, and so I've never really I've had influences along the way and people always ask me all the time ah oh, who who influences you who's your influence and honestly it was just like the bands that I liked at the time and that I you know really picked up and really related to the bass lines um where i kind of noticed them and took note you know but i was rarely like learning from traditional means and being like oh yes i should i need to learn this bass line from this bass player and i and this bass player is a legend and all of the you know i didn't learn like that um when i was younger so i've not really taken that forward with me so i don't really have this back catalogue of like inspirational players I draw from and that had an influence on my sound I just knew how I wanted to sound and then developed my sound around that and my technique Um, and it does mean that I've been pretty slow to some things before like I said it's not the it's not a guaranteed like good method I don't think Um, but it's just kind of a bit of an insight into how I was brought up playing bass and then how that's uh, led to to my sound because it's quite naturally if I pick up a bass and just start playing it's quite uh, aggressive with a pick clangy uh, naturally like I go for like a mid scoopy sound which I'm slowly like edging away from or experimenting with others but yeah like that's just that's just the tone that I've always kind of gravitated towards naturally um, and yeah but then on the other side I think there are ways for other people to find their sounds you know following musicians you like looking up the gear that they use is there a certain effect that you really like I'm actually really starting to like reverb on bass I always thought it was pointless I thought like ah because I've always been a a rock and metal guy I was like "Why why on earth would anybody ever want that I want a preamp I want distortion I want a compressor you know those are the my top uh, pedals or effects that i'd use so now i'm getting into to more modulation effects and uh and echoey effects so like delay and reverb you know uh and then you start to hear songs that have got that on it and starts to draw on your influence so i i think once you find your sound um you can then experiment from there uh, and apply these effects to your sound to further develop it you know some people are well known for using a, uh, a wah or, or a, a certain fuzz you know that they're known for um, and I think that's cool but it's just about finding what works for you and what is uh, right for your sound if you're just playing covers all the time in a covers band I feel like you know, you're, you're only really ever going to pick up other people's sound and not really develop your own. And I've met several people in covers bands. Some people say that, like, oh, no, you have to get that song exactly how it is. Um and then some people are like no like you don't have to do that at all you can you can play around with it a little bit Uh, as long as it doesn't distract totally from the song and make it unrecognizable you can play around and add your own kind of flair to it and that's kind of more fun and i think that's the camp that i kind of lie in a bit more um so i think that if you are just doing covers at the minute or you're just starting out then i think branch out try and you know play with other musicians or uh, you know just try writing try picking up the guitar without any plan ahead or practice uh, and just go from there or even just um get a drum machine and play along to that see what naturally comes out and you start discovering where naturally your hands start to take you on the fretboard and what sound you start to develop and i think that can really impact your technique so not really sure if this question was uh, about advice or just wanting to learn about my uh, how I found my sound. But hey, there's a bit of both in there. So that brings us to the end of a podcast uh thank you so much for everyone that submitted their questions if you want to do the same head over to my instagram at johnny dibble uh and look out for the polls on my stories that i put up on there because that's how you can get in touch uh, and submit your questions to. and uh if i like them enough then i'll answer them on here i do have a backlog of questions by the way so if yours doesn't get answered i didn't just throw it in the flames get rid of it straight in the bin no uh, i've got a back- uh, like a back catalogue of questions uh should i want to kind of dive in or think one is particularly appropriate for a certain guests that we have on or a bit of news or whatever so fear not if i don't answer your question once again everybody thank you so much for listening see you next time